Are we ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right, let's do it. Hey, I'm Ellie. And I'm Heidi. And we are the Moms Moms in in the the middle. Middle. Two Midwest moms talking about the nuances of pregnancy, birth, and parenting in our modern world. There is so much perceived polarization between the different decisions we make in early parenthood. Home birth versus hospital birth formula versus breast milk, and sleep training versus co-sleeping. But most of us find ourselves somewhere in the middle. From choosing the right provider for your birth to picking a preschool for your toddler, we are going to talk about how we weigh different opinions and follow our intuition to make the right choices for us. There's no right way to parent, and every family has different goals, values, and support. Let's meet in the middle and chat about it. Okay, got it. Welcome to episode two, everybody who listened to episode one and decided, oh, I might still <laughs> listen to them. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate your support. Yeah, We're excited. A hundred percent. Well, I had an idea for episode two <laughs> of just in the name of us keeping it cool, casual, and fun. Yeah. That's like not who I am as a person at all, but let's not <laughs> We'll pretend, okay? <laughs> we'll pretend we're real cool, casual, and fun. Um, of doing Reddit, conf- I don't know if they're all confessions. They're like moms venting on Reddit. Yes. Asking questions. Like, yeah, parenting questions. Yes. Yes. And just looking for insight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, ideally, maybe one day we'll have enough of a listener base that people can send in their anonymous, (laughs) like, questions and stuff. But for now, we're more fun. But yes. Yes, it was, like, listener (laughs) questions. But for now, we're going to just pull them off Reddit and give our very uneducated opinions. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to listen to us. This will be interesting. Yes. Nobody has to listen to our advice, but we're going (laughs) to give it anyways. (laughs) And, and just talk about our own experiences, yes. whatever the topic is. So. Yes, I tried to pull ones that were, like, relatable <laughs> for our for our section of life that yes. we're in. Because some of them were, like, tween and teen. I'm like, I don't even <laughs> no want to read this. I don't want to know <laughs> don't what's coming. Don't want to think about that yet. I was like, I feel like my, what what do you feel like was your worst age as a kid? Like, that you were the most difficult for your parents? Oh, Oh, for sure. Probably like 14. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere in there. I feel like mine was middle school, like sixth and seventh grade. Yeah. I was. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just like puberty. Mm-hmm. I was just hated them so much, but for no reason. I, I never really like hated my parents. Mm-hmm. I just, I just think I was difficult and I was like an emotional mm-hmm. teenage girl. Mm-hmm. And I do not really look forward to that stage with my own kids. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I never – and I guess I would say, too, like, I didn't hate my parents. Yeah. I took out my frustration in life of, like, not knowing my place in the mm-hmm. world, not feeling, you know, like, friends. You're just, like, so many, te- you know, preteen girls together. It's just, like, friendships are a disaster mm-hmm. that I was just, like, you know – was just like rude to them all the time. Yeah. And I'm not looking to being that person for my kids of like them just being annoyed at me all the time mm-hmm. for no reason. For no reason. Not looking at all. But the, luckily we're not in that phase yet. Oh my God. Talk about the preschool, the, <laughs> the baby and the preschool age. So we will. Okay. Let's dive in. Jump let's dive on into in. Okay. Let's see what we got. Okay. So my first one that I saved on here for us is 
how much does it cost to have a kid? Such a nuanced question. So I'll read the little thing to you. Okay. I just found that I'm pregnant seven weeks along. And aside from the regular first trimester anxiety, money has also been on my mind. Husband Husband and I have been saving up for a house, but now that we're expecting a child, the house may have to wait. If you could go back to before you had a child, knowing what you know now, how much money would you have saved to be comfortable for the arrival of your baby? About how much did you spend up front on things like the nursery, furniture, car seat, stroller, etc. And how much would you say you spend on a month-to-month basis of like diapers and formula? I appreciate any insight. Freaking out over here. Oh, gosh. So my first thought is like you're never fully ready. Like financially, emotionally, anything. That was my first thought too is like. I don't think there's an amount that you could possibly save that you're like, I have all the money I'm going to need no. to have a kid. Because like, what if your child has special needs yeah. or needs extra care or, you know, I some people have had to quit their job because their baby needs extra right. care. And that's like unexpected finances. Just having a child is like jumping off a deep end. Your, your perspective also mm-hmm. changes so mm-hmm. much throughout your pregnancy. But then once your baby's here, it just changes completely to ways that you never thought even possible. Mm-hmm. So I just, I don't. Like what's a priority? Yes. What's priority and all that? Yeah. What you're willing to spend versus, you know, what seems like a lot while you're pregnant. Once your baby's here, like, meh, it's not as bad. Or the opposite. Yeah. You're like, oh my gosh. The first thing I thought of when I read this was that she was focusing on the things that aren't that expensive. So right. like the things that are actually expensive and like but those are the things you think of when you first mm-hmm. get pregnant of like how much it's going to cost for me to redo our spare room into our nursery how yes. much is it going to cost to get diapers but like what's actually expensive is lost wages mm-hmm. or child care mm-hmm. like so either yeah, those are the two you know going part-time for work or quitting your job to stay home or paying for child care mm-hmm. I mean lots of people it just doesn't even make sense to pay for child care what they're making with right. how expensive it is in the United States and then the other thing I was thinking was um Oh my gosh, hospital bills. Yeah. Depending on your insurance and all those things was like, those are the way bigger bills having a kid than putting a nursery together. For sure. And she wasn't even mentioning those. (laughs) Childcare was the biggest one, especially, well, with my second childcare was like Mm -hmm. the biggest thing. Like, how are we going to pay for two kids in daycare? Mm -hmm. Um, And you figure it out. Like, it's not always easy. But you figure it out, and that's what I mean. Honestly, everything just kind of falls into place. Again, your priorities shift on what's most important, and yeah, I know. Like I, because we had different experiences of like you still have worked full time and mm-hmm. had your kids in daycare. Mm-hmm. I so I had my first when I was still in school. So I was working like thirty hours a week as a nanny on top of going to school. So I quit. Mm-hmm working when I had her and just started going to school. So for us, it was really just the lost wages. And then now I'm so thankful my parents have moved here and my mom watches my kids three days a week for free. But I still feel like my career trajectory and how much I'm making now compared to how much I would have made if I didn't have kids yet Mm -hmm. is incredibly different. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people leave that out if they don't see it as like real money because it's not money that they ever had in their bank account but that loss of like what your career path would have been if you didn't 
you know, slow down your career growth Mm -hmm. for four or five years or whatever until your kids were in full-time school. But it really is, you know, money that you don't have that you're spending because you're not Mm -hmm. making it if you slow down your career growth in order to be home with your kids part-time or whatever. I think everyone's values are different too, Mm -hmm. right? Like you have, you have women or parents that are really career driven and yes, they have kids, but they're still very Mm -hmm. career driven. So they do continue to push forward to make the extra Mm -hmm. money and, you know, pay for childcare, pay for nannies, all of the things. And then you have other women who really do want to stay home or really do Mm want to be, you know, spend more time with their kids Mm -hmm. and, you know, they're okay putting their career on hold or slowing Mm -hmm. down or whatever that looks like. I think it's just so different for everybody. Yeah. And for us, it made sense because I was just graduating college Mm -hmm. and my daughter was a year where it made sense. Like my husband was already ingrained in a professional career Mm -hmm. where he had benefits and health insurance and like all that stuff where it made sense for me to kind of just slow down my career growth to in order to be home part-time with the kids, especially since it was, you know, during a pandemic and everything like that. Like it's just, you know, a different, we had very different experiences Mm -hmm. because of that with our first children. But, um, you know, that's really like such a discussion with your partner. And I think something I heard of recently was like, somebody was saying, why do we always take the person who's making the least amount of money and then be like, well, it's not worth it for you to work because Mm -hmm. this is how much childcare costs instead of taking our money as like a lump sum and then being like, well, with your career goals and my career goals, like what makes sense for us? You know what I mean? Because it is really like, and that's why I chose to continue working part-time was like, it was like, you know, I want to be in a place in my career that once my kids, go to school full time, I can hop right back into full time work and all of that stuff. And so I feel like that's a huge just discussion with your partner that will determine how much a child costs you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. And and you know, you can what buy as is. much or as little. Yeah. When it comes know, yeah, there's when it... definitely people who have that, you know, minimal mindset and they, you know, buy only what they need for that stage and mm-hmm. they don't really buy, you know, beyond that stage. They buy things as they need it. And then there's people who want all the things mm-hmm. right off the bat. They want to have it all. And I don't I mean, again, there's no right or wrong. It's just mm-hmm. whatever you are comfortable with what you can afford the type of parent like how the you want to be as a parent yes. and all those things because like I mean right off my head I'm like what do you actually need for a baby you need to feed them so formula or breast milk and breast milk isn't free I everybody says it's free but like one it's your time yes. so like you might decide to stay home or only work part-time because you're breastfeeding or you might have to take unpaid time like breaks at work mm-hmm. in order to pump and then additionally, you have to pay for a breast pump and breast milk storage. And and, and, yeah. And the Amazon purchases you make in the middle of the night yeah. when you're awake. <laughs> yeah. The snacks. Yeah. Feeding yourself, <laughs> hydrating yourself, all of those things. Um, nursing bras, things like that. So that's not free. But, you know, it's some people, you know, it's it's a cheaper option yeah. usually than formula mm-hmm. and things like that. But you have to consider those things. You need a place for them to sleep um, and you need to diaper and clothe them, I guess would be the ones right off the top of my head. Now, my oldest daughter, we cloth diapered her for $300 for pretty much through 
um, potty training, I will say now that I'm working outside of the home, we cloth diaper half of the time with yeah. my son. But I mean, like, technically, we have all the cloth diapers mm-hmm. from her that we um, that we can pass on and they're not any extra cost. But um, I, just my laundry load. It's like yeah. only once a week am I doing a load of cloth diapers. So when they're yes. clean, we're using them. And other than that, no. Um, but, you know, there's some different options that are affordable. But I think also something else people don't consider, which I see a lot of, you know, in our line of work, people then considering when they get later in the pregnancy, like second and third trimester, when they have that freak out of, oh, I have to give birth, Mm -hmm. a birth doula, childbirth education classes, um, postpartum doula support, lactation consultant visits, all of those things that just like you were saying, like your priorities change as you get closer to delivery and after delivery of like, what is important to you? And I see all the time people being like, oh, I don't have the money to pay for a lactation consultant, like prenatally. And then when they have that baby that they're trying to feed, that they love so much, I don't don't care what the money is, like, we're gonna hire this professional or do this. So and I think our society too, has ingrained in us, like prepare for your baby, prepare for your baby, but you don't prepare yourself. You don't prepare to take care of yourself Mm -hmm. um, until you're in that third trimester or already had your baby. And then you're like, oh, well, I guess I also need to take care of myself if I'm going to take care of this baby. Exactly. Um, And so those are all the things that I feel like we definitely should prioritize more (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and kind of be more financially prepared for Mm -hmm. because those things add up you know mental health visits if you're doing therapy Therapy, and pelvic floor therapy visits and you know a lot of those things um unfortunately are not covered by insurance Mm -hmm. um certain insurances and so they it adds up it adds up especially if you're going weekly bi-weekly you know Mm -hmm. And our capitalist society or like capitalist driven society will send you all the ads to make the prettiest nursery ever. Mm -hmm. But that is one of like the least important things when Mm -hmm. welcoming a baby. And one of the things that like your baby could probably care less about, like if they're in an aesthetically pleasing nursery, I'm not saying if it doesn't make you happy, like I certainly spent some time at my nursery and things, but there are, if you're working on a budget, there are other things that are more important to focus on your baby can be in a pack and play next to your bed with a cloth diaper on and hand me down footy pajamas and be just as happy as a baby and like with the newest nursery things and everything except do buy a baby carrier yeah 100 100%. 100%. but like all of those things are so easy to buy off used yes so and you can get such nice things used for those prices but you can't buy like a used birth doula so it's like <laughs> I don't think it's been used and abused but like we're not cheaper because of it you can find one that's really tired yeah. you can probably only find one that's really tired honestly right. like, if they're not tired you probably don't want them <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah, I, and it doesn't mean just because you don't have the prettiest things and the nicest things and the most high-tech things that you're a bad parent, nope. you know? And I think so much of what we see on social media and stuff like that, you know, oh, I have all of these pretty things and it's well-organized and, you know, it, it doesn't mean that that person's not going to struggle with mental health, mm-hmm. you know? like And the reason we see that is because people are being paid Mm -hmm. to project that lifestyle into you and make you feel like you need to have that lifestyle and those things. Mm -hmm. So there are things that will make parenting easier. There are products that will make parenting 
and having a newborn easier, but none of them are going to make it as easy, as easy as having support. Right for yourself and for your baby. And so focusing on those things, if you're working on a budget, I think is exponentially better because people also like want to give you their use things. Like if you know people who have other babies are like, Oh, do you want my old swing? Do you want this? Like you can like, you know, as you start to share with people, like people will come out and tell you and give you the things that you need a lot of times. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. That's our thought. (laughs) Let's go on to our next one. Let me see. Okay, this one was kind of, I felt like that one was an easy one. This one is kind of a doozy. Um, (laughs) I I don't think either of us probably have this figured out, but we can like talk about how we've approached it. To get a little sticky. Yeah, a little sticky. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, very, (laughs) well, how she says, very slightly. Very slightly resentful of husband's free time. Very slightly. (laughs) Just Just slightly. This is just a little wine, she says. So it's a rant, it says. My husband, 30 male, and I, 27 female, have a four-month-old daughter. Right off the bat, like, four-month-old, like, you're just at this thick, like, Mm -hmm. you're in the thick of, like, (laughs) of figuring out your relationship post-baby, too. Okay, so... At the moment, I'm on maternity leave, but have no plans to return to my job, which doesn't pay enough to cover childcare costs. (laughs) And isn't a job I particularly enjoy or care about anyways. My husband and I have always said that we want our kids to be raised by us. And because he earns more than I do, well, you know, I don't like that word. Okay, well, (laughs) it was obvious that meant me taking a break from paid work for a few years. Because of this, and to some extent, I guess also because of the nature of being a mom, I've become the primary parent. My husband is very much an engaged dad, and when he's at home, he does half the nappy changes. I'm I'm thinking they're English because the words <laughs> are wording. English. Yeah, the nappy changes and plays with us. He plays with the baby on his own for half an hour every morning so I can shower and have breakfast. And she includes that playing with her at this age is very taxing as she isn't yet engaging with toys. So it's mostly us singing, clapping, and playing in front of her while narrating what we're doing, which is extremely boring. And he'll offer to hold her while she's napping so I can have a quick break. All of this to say, we're not dealing with a deadbeat dad here. He does almost all the household cleaning and prepares some meals, and he works a 40-hour week. But he also gets free time. Since our daughter was born, he's been out for breakfast with his friends. He's been bowling with his sister. He's gone to football games with his dad, and every Saturday he stops at a cafe on the way to pick up groceries and buys himself lunch. I haven't left my daughter's side since she was born, and I certainly wouldn't be able to leave her alone for six to seven hours to go to a sports game or get drinks. Our baby bed shares, and after I've settled her to sleep every night, I have to stay in bed beside her, as she can tell when I've left and wakes up, which means that from 7 p.m. onwards every night, I'm stuck in the bedroom in the dark on my own. My husband takes his time to sit downstairs and play video games or watch Netflix and have a couple hours to himself. Can you guess how much time I've had to myself in the past four months to play video games and watch Netflix? Sometimes I'll text him from upstairs that I'm bored, and he'll text back something like, you're doing great, you're amazing, and then go back to his game. Not to mention the fact that I'm exclusively breastfeeding, so I'm responsible for every feed, and when our baby wakes up every couple of hours, I have to wake up to feed her while my husband sleeps on. Even going to work seems like a break. At least he can get out of the house and do something else rather than spending eight hours singing the wheels on the bus in a high-pitched voice (laughs) while trying to convince an infant that they might need a nap. Don't get me wrong, I love being a parent, but I know from experience that going to work is easier. 
I would agree. <laughs> there's nothing I can do about it. And I know never having any time off is part of the privilege of being the female half of a male female parenting duo, but it just grates on me a little bit. I have so many thoughts about this. <laughs> it's so relatable. And so relatable. Like I will say from from my experience, I had those exact same feelings. And what I learned through now two kids, yeah, you know, is that we are wired differently than men, 100%. And I, it took me going to therapy and, and all of that to like really start to understand that. Um, if you just go back and the evolution of, of males and females, you know, like we are made to have our kids take care of them. We're always thinking ahead, always thinking about their needs and others' needs. Mm-hmm. And and men are wired to, you know, make the money and take care of the household and all of those. And they just don't think about those things. More about like protector provider. Yeah. Role. And so you really do have to become comfortable, which is something that I've had to work on, Co- become comfortable being assertive and your needs expressing your needs instead of expecting them to pick up on what you need because like when she said she's like well I text him oh I'm I'm so bored bored up here from his perspective I could see him being like well what am I supposed to do about that the baby doesn't want to sleep next to Mm -hmm. me like I or what I'm not going to come up there and be able to talk to you because the baby's sleeping right but then she's like expecting something from him so I don't know I guess from my perspective, I have a few thoughts. One, I feel like he seems like he's trying mm-hmm. of like, he's making sure she gets a shower in the morning before he leaves from work. Mm-hmm. He's making sure to like do a lot of the household tasks and like all that stuff. I think I totally agree with what you're saying of a lot of times guys just, and I think it's also societally ingrained of like, right. they didn't see their dads mm-hmm. doing taking on the mental load right. of parenting and the emotional support and of it's, parenthood. It's just that you're hitting the nail. Like, yeah. It's the emotional side of things. Mm-hmm. It's the mental side of things because mm-hmm. in their mind, they're like, I'm giving you the time to take a shower. I'm trying to take the things off mm-hmm. your plate. And I know that for my husband, like those were the things that were easiest for him to do. And, mm-hmm. and he, you know, but the other side of that is, the emotional thing and the connection mm-hmm. and the quality time and all of that, that we need to, mm-hmm. especially when you're spending all day with a baby, a baby. Yeah. You, you know, need that, that, you know, adult low, the adult interaction, mm-hmm. but, um, hmm, something. Okay. So something I was thinking about this was one, I heard somebody say that whenever you have resentment towards this is actually one of my past clients DM'd this to me when I was posting about how my husband does game night every week. Mm-hmm. And now I choose to like try to take a night off every week too. And um, how that was something I used to not do. Instead, I would just get annoyed at him mm-hmm. for going to game night with his friends every single week. Right. And she DM'd me and was like, in pre-marriage counseling, one of, they told us that whenever you have resentment, it's usually because you're not having a need being met. Right. It's not that... And I just love that because it's not like that you don't want them right. to have their free time and to have friendships and stuff like that. But you're not getting that need met if you're not getting time for friendships. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, honestly, which is this is something I struggled with 
so much with my first and I have remedied so much with my second and it's made me such a more fulfilled person was with my first I had that martyr complex of like my baby doesn't take a bottle because my first never took a bottle ever in her life she already cries when I go to school every night I'm not going to let her cry another two hours while I go and have a drink with a friend. Mm -hmm. Like I need to be there for her. I, she needs me all the time. Mm -hmm. And like with my second, it was like, he's going to be okay. He also needs me to be a healthy, happy version of myself. And it's okay if he doesn't like his dad to put him to bed as much as he likes me to put him to bed. Mm -hmm. Like that he's going to survive. He's still going to be a well-rounded human being. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't have his emotional needs met to, the exactly how he likes the met at every moment you know I was guilty of that too I was guilty Mm -hmm. of that too and I think a lot of that comes as you build confidence in your parenting Mm -hmm. abilities um that mindset comes Mm -hmm. because you're a good parent I'm still a good parent Mm -hmm. I'm still meeting my baby's needs I'm not the only person that can meet their Mm -hmm. needs um and, and just I, because they're crying doesn't mean that we're not and yes and reason. I also need to give my partner space to learn how to meet mm-hmm. our children's needs because when I'm there our children only want because I know we both have breastfed our kids yes. and so it's just a different relationship when you mm-hmm. breastfeed your kids if your kids when you're in the room they want you yeah. like they're connected with you they want their mom they're comfortable with them and I'm sure you know I'm sure babies who are fed different ways feel yes. the same way but it's just that different connection with your with moms and babies and um you know they grew inside of you they're yeah. like they're, they're just like an they're extension connected. of you yes, yeah they're connected and I think that that's beautiful but also I felt like when I gave my husband space to be like I'm gonna go do this and you guys need to figure it out they figured it out Mm-hmm. And they learned their own systems and own ways. Like he learned his own way to get the kids to sleep. That wasn't a boob, you know, yes. and, they, yeah. and like stuff like when I relinquished control, which is so it's hard to do so with your first, ba- with your first baby. I couldn't do it with my first. Mm-hmm. Like I, I knew I needed to, and I just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I had an easier time, but still it's so hard yeah. with my second, mm-hmm. you know, but I think not only do our partners need to, um, find the confidence and their ability to parent and their ability to meet your kids, kids needs. It's your kids that need to build trust mm-hmm. and then, and build know, confidence and confidence. I'll survive with mom mm-hmm. is in here. Like yeah. I have another trusted caregiver mm-hmm. that takes care of me. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. Like I still sometimes if I'm in an overnight birth, like literally like cry while I'm pumping in the bathroom. Because I'm like, <laughs> oh, I just miss my bubby. Like, yeah. that little, like I just wish I was like, you know, there nursing him to sleep instead of pumping in this like cold hospital bathroom. Like sometimes you still get like emotional about that because it's natural to have that connection. And what I've tried to change about my perspective with my second baby instead of being resentful that my husband can't fulfill that connection with our kids, thinking about how lucky I am to experience something Mm -hmm. that my husband will never get to experience with our kids. Like, because my husband's very close with our oldest now. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and our youngest, but just naturally since he's still breastfeeding, he's very close with our oldest, my daughter. And I'm just like, he'll never get to experience what it was like to grow our children, to birth our children to get to have that connection of feeding our children. Like he's never gone to experience that. And I feel really lucky that I have gone to experience that like emotional, just, I don't know, intimate, 
biological like connection Mm -hmm. with my children that you know men aren't created to be able to experience with their children and they're very close in other ways but Mm -hmm. I just also tried to change of like and I think with your second two you realize how short term it is yeah of your like when you're when your baby's four months old like this girl you think like oh my gosh, for the next, you know, this is going to be my life. nine months. <laughs> she's still going to be nursing. Like it feels so yeah. intense, yeah. but I mean, my daughter nursed until she was two years and nine months old. And I still looking back, feel like it was a blip in time. Yeah. Like a blip. Yeah. Same, same. Yeah. My first nurse for two and a half years. And, yep. and I just thought like, this is never going to mm-hmm. end. Like, so like how will they ever, never, I yeah. don't understand. Like when will they ever not need me to go to yeah. sleep? Yeah. And then now it's just like, a blip of like now they're like little independent. They're go both of our kids are going to kindergarten next year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I know. It's like, and they survive without mm-hmm. us and everything. And, and they trust our partners yes. to help them and, and spend time them. with them. And you know they have their own ways of having mm-hmm. fun. And um, yeah, it's just it's it's so hard to see that mm-hmm. when you're you know freshly. I mean freshly postpartum at four months. Um, with your first baby, mm-hmm. like it's so hard to see that. And that's the biggest mm-hmm. advice that I have that I give to my friends and my clients and, and anyone I talk to who's going to be a new mom is just remember that this is such a short time mm-hmm. in their life. And you're going to look back and be like, dang, I don't know how I made it through, mm-hmm. but I did. And I'm thankful for those, you know, midnight, 2 a.m. meetings, you know, and that time. You look back at them like so much happier. Yeah, like you were so exhausted and you just didn't know how you could keep going. But then you look back and you're like, man, I'm so thankful for that, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's just, it's so hard to see that. And I think like, especially with social media and all the self-help and people like, whenever somebody shares something unhappy with their partner on social media, it's always like, just get a divorce, just get a divorce. Like, why are you together? Like, that's everything on like TikTok, on social media. Like, oh, if they're not fulfilling your needs, like, just like, why are you even in that relationship? And I think that, you know, of course, there's situations where you shouldn't be together with somebody like they're just not a great person, and they're not a great dad or whatever. But also, I think that we go through seasons, like relationships are not 50-50 all the time. Like we go through seasons, especially like her season right now, because we've been there where it's like, you're a new mom, you're exclusively breastfeeding life right now for you like your guys workload is not going to be 50 50 Mm -hmm. in the home like there's just no way for it to be that but you know what hopefully someday it switches where you have an easier life and he's still working hard Mm -hmm. at work and I saw a TikTok of a mom who was like in her late 40s or something and she was saying you know she doesn't work anymore Mm -hmm. and her husband just makes all the money and she was like I nursed my daughter until she was two. Like I co-slept with her and I was like, I did my time where I yeah. was like a hundred percent in all the time where you got to go to work and then clock out every day. Mm-hmm. And now I have my time where I go to Pilates <laughs> and get my coffee and yeah. like, you know, only work a couple hours a week and like have my time. And like, he's still working 40 to yeah. 50 hours a week, like making the money for our home and our children to go to college and like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that that, ne- that needs to be communicated with your partner and you need to, and you do need to communicate, I need to survive this season. Mm-hmm. And maybe that means me going out with my friends to get a yeah. drink and you're going to have to take care of her. Like, I'm going to leave my newborn and yeah. I'm going to leave her. And again, it's not forever. Nope. It's a season. Mm-hmm. It's a season of life. And 
your relationship has to change mm-hmm. with every season you go through in order to make it through. Like you can't mm-hmm. go into things with the expectation that it's just going to stay the same because mm-hmm. it's not. Everyone's yeah. going to change as a person. Mm-hmm. Their needs are going to change. Priorities gosh, yes. are going to change. All of that's going to change. And um, it's just figuring out how to navigate those changes mm-hmm. and still make it work for both people. A hundred percent. And I know me and you both don't do it perfectly. No, I still get ticked off at my husband I'll tell you oh, yeah. oh I wish I could just leave and not worry about the pump I wish I could just do this whatever like yeah. I wish I could go to work and leave and just like sign out from nine to five yeah. because even though I work it's still part-time and like you saw we were working here today I still run upstairs to nurse myself yeah. three times a day like why I'm here and so I'm like oh, I just I could leave and not have to leave think it about it yeah. yeah and just turn my boobs off I yes say, like I wish I wish when I went to work I could just not have to like pump or anything uh-huh. and just like turn my boobs off yes. <laughs> yeah and then turn them back on when I'm home but that's unfortunately not just how the world works so. and I know that my husband's perspective has changed too because there have been times where you know, we've done, I've done a lot more of being away with our second because I feel okay about it. And I feel more confident in doing that. Um, and he feels more confident as a parent, Mm -hmm. but even he has had moments where he's like, I just wish I could go to work, but (laughs) I'm ready to go back to work because this has been so much. It's so overwhelming. It's so overstimulating. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. It It is. is. Sometimes Working feels like a break. Leaving the house and going to work feels like a break. Mm-hmm. And something that I read the book Fair Play, mm-hmm. and I know you've read part of it before. Yeah. I have only read part of it too. I only got through part of it. <laughs> but like, I feel like I gleaned some insight from it that really helped my relationship. But then, but one thing that I love from that book is people taking control over areas. Total. So like, mm-hmm. saying to my like having instead of me being like that mental list of like things that he usually does, which are like, you know, taking out the trash, all the outdoor lawn care. Mm -hmm. He does the dishes most night. Like instead of having it in my brain, still having those things in my brain and feeling like I have to remind him or I have to be like being like you take complete control over these aspects. Yeah. Things that we no longer have to communicate about. Yes. Things that like, we're not going, I'm not going to be like, okay, the dishes need to get done he's doing this tonight. So I need to do them. Like, it's just like, these are things that you have taken complete control over to, and we have to stop communicating with each other about them. And that's just your area. And that has helped a lot in just our relationship of not Mm -hmm. always having to talk and argue and barter like back Mm -hmm. and forth about what do you do and what did I do? And then I, yeah. (laughs) And is it fair and whatever, like just having those aspects have helped a lot I think one thing that I took from that book was um just your what did what did they call it maybe you know um the like not level of completion but like (laughs) that's what she said (laughs) next episode on closing the orgasm gap No, it's like your expectation. So each partner of has... what doing it means. Yes, like. <laughs> and then that reminds me. Okay, um, but yeah, like, what does that mean for both people in finding mm-hmm. common ground? Because I know for me, pre kids, like 
I wanted my house to be spotless mm-hmm. and like cleaning up the kitchen truly meant like doing the dishes, wiping the counters, like pushing in the chairs, mm-hmm. cleaning up, you know, those types of things. And I mean, that's definitely something that I like let go of a you lot have to. because you have to, to survive. <laughs> yes. um, but it, that's another thing that it talks about in that book, because I know that my, my husband's perspective of like cleaning up dinner and mm-hmm. mine are a little different. Yeah. And it's just small things like that, that can really start to build up. And so being able to either like not like I guess lower your expectation as like what does it mean to complete that task Mm -hmm. um or having that conversation like this is what it means to me this is what it means to you Mm -hmm. like what is our common ground and sometimes having that conversation outside of the actual experience Mm -hmm. happening of like they clean up and you're like that wasn't really cleaned up like this needs to happen like trying which is what fair play talks about is like sit down have a time where you talk through these tasks Mm -hmm. instead of it being heated in the moment um I think can also help a lot too because I have something very similar like doing the dishes to me was scouring the sink out Yes. After and like wiping like, out, wiping yeah, down mom, all the counters. My grandma dried the sink out. Yes. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. And my husband would like load the dishwasher, wash some of the big pots and pans, mm-hmm. and then like there'd be a bunch of food left at the yes. bottom of the sink. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Food's so, on the sink, crumbs on the counter. Like. Yes. And part of that is like saying you're, you're taking control of that task is mm-hmm. taking control of it for the both of us. So it yeah. does have to come into play what the other person wants from you completing Mm -hmm. that task and things like that and sometimes it's me just being like no like it's it's cleaned up as good as it needs to mm -hmm. be like you don't need to go back through and wipe everything down and clean the sink out Mm -hmm. like it's fine it's gonna be fine you know it's not harming anyone Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's gonna be all right and it's only going to add more to your and I think it does go both ways just like that like it Uh goes both ways of like that your partner meeting you but also you Mm -hmm. learning just a new equilibrium of like post kids of what is what is acceptable for us and we got to a point recently where we're like we are just never going to have a perfectly clean house and that's okay of like everything like there's going to be toys in the living we're never gonna have enough storage where like the toys are (laughs) always put away like we can get to a point where the toys are all put away and there's no toys and it's all aesthetically yeah like we're just and that's just not our season of life And one day we're going to look back and our house is going to be neat and tidy and everything put in its place. And we're going to be like, oh, remember when the kids had like their truck, you know, their train track out Mm -hmm. and like everything. And that's just like our season of life. And it's okay to be for that. And sometimes that means relinquishing some level of control back to the question. And being clear yes. in your needs and your expectations and understanding mm-hmm. that not everyone has the same frame of mind. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that and read it, I was like, wow, this has so many things. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. So it's many like, problems so and many things, things to talk hard. about. But yeah. I think that just those two questions were enough for us for this episode we got on like you know really talked them through hopefully our listeners can glean some sort of insight some sort of takeaway that they can take action on or yeah and you know what um it's probably not completely anonymous because we will see your email address but if anybody wants to send in a question or a rant or something that they want us to comment on you can send us an email at the moms in the middle at gmail.com we'll put it in the show notes and we'll um 
maybe do another episode like this yeah. where we can address and some we, of those we'll keep questions. keep it anonymous when we talk Oh, yeah, about we it. will yeah. keep it anonymous. But exactly, we will, might see your email yes. address, yes, but we will absolutely <laughs> keep it anonymous, so. But I would love that. Yeah, that would be, be so much fun. If nobody takes us up, then we'll just scour Reddit again. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> this right. was super fun. This was fun. Well, yeah. yeah. See you guys next week. Yeah, bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on Moms in the Middle. If you like this episode, make sure to leave us a review and hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts in order to receive notifications on new episodes. If you want to follow us on social media, check out our show notes for links to our profiles. Have a great week and we'll catch you in the middle next time.